For those saints who are joining us for the first time <coughs> this morning, <coughs> I think from the scripture reading, um, you could see that there's a certain theme uh, to all these verses. In Genesis 12, it talks about families. In Joshua, as for me and my house, Amen. we will serve Jehovah. In Acts 13, that's the story of the jailer uh, who was in charge of Paul and Silas, you know, at midnight. They were there imprisoned and they were rejoicing and uh, there was that earthquake that released them and, and they all, they all uh, remained there. The, the jailer thought, they're going to escape, I'm doomed. You know, in those days, it was life for life. If you lose a prisoner, you, you have to pay with your life. Paul says, don't harm yourself, we're all here. I don't know how Paul got all the prisoners to stay. It doesn't explain it. But it says, don't harm yourself, we're all here. And, and then he comes and says, what shall I do to be saved? Uh, and and uh, I don't know how, why, why did he say that? What shall I do to be saved? What were they singing? Did you ever consider? Do you think they were preaching while they were singing? I don't know. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe they were singing, What shall I give unto the Lord? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what they, were, what they were singing. But anyway, then, then uh, Paul takes them and they were baptized. He says, He and his whole household. The whole household. So family, house, household. Then Hebrews 11 is the story of Noah. Noah. And there it says that Noah prepared an ark for the salvation of his house. Prepared an ark. So there's a theme here. And uh, we've been bringing this out, saints, all weekend long, that for the church life to be strong, there needs to be the strong family life. There needs to be the strong households. Well, you know, I, I, I thought since our time is really condensed and uh, there is so much to bring out, yet a little bit to review, I thought it might be helpful, firstly to me uh, and then to you, to, you to, to write a few words on the board as a kind of guide for our fellowship this morning. So let me, let me do that first. Is it okay if I erase this? Yeah. So we're going to talk about these, uh, these points. Two, two battles. Two battles. And then we're going to talk about the family from the biblical perspective. Or, or household. Households. And then we're going to talk about the role of the role, well, I don't have to write that, but it's going to be about the role of the sisters. And then finally, we're going to talk about, um, I don't know exactly how to write this one, uh, rooting, rooting, like in land. This is based on Colossians chapter 2 where Paul says we are rooted 
in Christ. So we're talking, going to talk about rooting and breathing. I don't know what you think about when I put breathing there, but I'm not going to be talking simply about calling on the Lord. But anyway, we'll get to that. <clears throat> um, families, that's here. Households, uh, two battles. These things merge. Well, let me first say, I'll start with this point here. In the Bible, from beginning to end, we see that God takes the household, our household, your household, as a unit. As a unit. As firstly, a unit of salvation. A unit of salvation. Like with the jailer. That night, yes, he probably prayed first. But by the end of the night, his whole household believed and was baptized. We've seen this. It's glorious when this happens. My household, oh, it took a, for the whole household, depending, well, it depends how you consider the household. It took 35 years for the whole household to be saved and baptized. Yeah. Even so, God considers a family as a unit, as a unit of salvation. Even in the story of Noah, you can see that. How many entered into the ark? Eight. Oh, there you can see an expanded household. Because it wasn't, it wasn't just the family blood relation. Even the in-laws are there with, with Noah's case. So it's mom and dad, three sons, three daughters-in-law are all in this household. And, and they, they pass through the death waters, pass through the judging waters in the ark. And the ark is a picture of Christ as our Savior. So, so the picture is they were saved together. Yeah. Then on the night of the Passover, on the night of the Passover, the lamb was by household. You know, we mentioned this the other night. Uh, I remember the night I got saved. I was the only one that night in my, home, in my home that got saved. So I experienced Jesus as my lamb. Yeah. And many of us, maybe, maybe nearly all of us, we were saved as individuals. Maybe there are some here who you got visited in your home and the whole family got saved at the same time. That's glorious. But, but more often than not, we're saved individually, right? Individually, seemingly. But God looks at the household, at the household unit. Yes, my eternal salvation is secured the moment I receive Jesus. But somehow, something is still not complete. Something was not complete in my household until that night, until, until that particular night, 24 years later, when my father 
Fine, my, in my case, the, my father was not the first one saved. In many families, the father's the first one, and then the wife, and then the children. In my case, it was the, the youngest daughter, the mother, the brother, the brother, the little brother, that's me, <laughs> and then the father. And it, we were not complete until that night. God looks at the household. Amen. Oh, we should pray for a household salvation. Uh, in the case when they go into the, into the good land, when they conquer the good land in Joshua, we have the story of Rahab. Oh, what a wonderful story. That's a good story to tell your children when they're going to sleep. story of Rahab with the string, the, the, the red string, the scarlet string. Oh, showing the blood. She, the spies came in. She wanted her whole. She made sure. She made a deal with them. She made a deal with them. What was the deal? For my whole household. You have to save my whole house. Oh, we should say that to the Lord. Lord, you got to save my whole house. Amen. And this is, this is just throughout the scripture. And then the, the jailer, actually, in Acts 16, this is not the first household that gets saved. There's another household earlier in the chapter. This is the more famous one. Actually, the first one was a sister, Lydia. Sister Lydia. So there's this, this uh, very strong line in the Bible. Household salvation. Family salvation. You know, I was, I, I've been just so much enjoying this verse, Genesis 12.3, for the past several months. Do you realize when God called Abraham, you know, he, he, Abraham is the beginning of the called race. This is the, a fresh start in God's economy. The created race had failed and fallen and fallen and fallen and fallen. And God came in to call this man, Abraham. And he says, in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. In you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. You know, this phrase in the blessing of Abraham is repeated in the scripture several times, but uh, both in the Old and in the New Testament. But more often than not, it, it's not phrased like this. It says, in you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. But to me, it's quite significant. Why the first time it doesn't say nations? The first time it says families. That shows us something of God's heart and something of God's view. God looks at the family as a unit. God wants to bless our families. Amen. How about we pray? Lord, bless my family. Lord, Lord bless. bless my family. And Lord, bless all the families. Lord, bless all the families. You know, saints, we could pray. Lord, bless all the families on my block. Amen. You know, in our neighborhood. Have you ever prayed that? Lord, bless all the families on my block. Maybe you live in an apartment building. I come from New York City. A lot of the saints live in apartment buildings. I, 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 moved, I moved now, but I used to live in a 50-story apartment building. I was on the 14th floor. 
you could pray, Lord, bless everyone in my apartment building. You know, you're blessing a lot of people when you when you. I might have had more people in that apartment building than some towns in Texas. Isn't that true? Do you think so? You can pray. Sometimes, sometimes I'm in the subway in the metro in New York. I say, Lord, would you save everyone in this car? Bless everyone in this car. You know, you could just bless people. Sometimes I'm driving and I pass the local high school. I say, oh, Lord, those young people, would you bless those young people? You pass by an elementary school. Lord, would you have a way to gain some of those children? Bless these children. Amen. Bless the families of these children. Amen. Saints, that's our function, to be a blessing to wherever we are. Amen. But it starts with our family. We should be a blessing to our family members. The household is not only the unit of salvation. The household, according to Joshua 24, is the unit of service. Oh, we need to recover this in our church life. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve Jehovah. Saints, I, ho I hope we pray for this. I hope that we could have service by household. You know, uh, <clears throat> just as an illustration, uh, in my church life at one time, I'm, I, I was in, in a, one particular hall in New York. Uh, some of you here have visited that place. It's on right in the middle of Manhattan, 34th Street, which we call Midtown Manhattan. You come out of the meeting hall and you look to the, to the east, and there's the Empire State Building four blocks away. Yeah, so right there. And um, some, a family, they moved to the apartment building which is right next to the meeting hall. Like the walls attach. Like, like you're, you're in the Lord's table meeting and you go like this and you can knock on their living room. You, you know what I mean? They're on the, they live there. Okay, but it's an apartment building, separate apartment building. And this, this family, they actually, uh, they had, uh, well, they have five children and they had a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah, and, and uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, uh, they may have moved with the fourth child. Yeah. But they were living there, f four children, in a one-bedroom apartment. So the children had the bedroom, and they divided the, the living room area with a bookshelf. So that was bedroom, then this was living room, living room, dining room. Like, if you move like this, you're in the living room, <laughs> dining room, and then the kitchen. And so, Saturday, Saturday mornings, we used to have corporate morning revival at 8 or I forget, 8.30. And our sister, she would come in with the children. She would come in. And, and then uh, after the morning revival, she'd, pretty much at the end, she would come. And then we'd have breakfast together. And then the saints would do the cleaning. And it, that was our Saturday. We have court breakfast, have fellowship, and then clean the hall. And the children would, would go with a different saint in different, and you'd see them with the rolls of toilet paper, you know, walking, and, and brother so-and-so needs, needs a broom, and, and they knew where all the things were. 
You know what I mean? All the supplies. They knew where the brooms were and the, and, and the paper supplies. And they're just little ones. Oh, that's Joshua. Family service. When the sister had to move away, oh, you, actually, her family put pressure on her. Oh, you can't stay here. The saints who love them. What are you doing here? You need to get a larger, better place. And she thought, I'll never be closer to the hall than this. <laughs> if I get my own place, even if it's two or three blocks away, you know, in New York, we get snow and so on. I don't know if I can make it. I'm next door. We just, you just run over. Oh, she nearly cried when they had to purchase a house and move to another area because the church life just wasn't the same for the children. She longed for those simple days, simplicity. And she didn't care for much, but, but her family, I tell you, mommy and all the children, so happy, so happy. Oh, as for me and my house, we will serve Jehovah. Uh, it doesn't have to look like that. Everybody doesn't have to live next door to the meeting hall. Please don't misunderstand. That's not the way it works here. I know that. Actually, it doesn't work that much in New York either. If you're not in that apartment building, you're, it doesn't work. But you understand my point. The children can have a participation in the church life from so young, so happy. This is their home. And this is significant, saints, because, <clears throat> well, let, let me finish this line, and then I'll, I'll come to this point. In the Bible, the church life, no, sorry, the family, the household, is also the unit of rejoicing. You know, there's such a verse. I'm going to ask you to read it again. One of you brothers, could you? That's uh, Deuteronomy 12, 7. I know this verse is not so familiar to many, many of us. But Deuteronomy 12 is the chapter where the Lord is unveiling his chosen place, that is, his choosing of Jerusalem, that that's the place where everyone should come three times a year when they build the temple. That's the place I'm going to put my name. Please listen to, to this verse. You sure you got the right verse, right? Uh, I think so. Okay. 712. Tw yeah, no, 12-7. 12-7. And there you shall eat before Jehovah your God. Amen. And you and your household shall rejoice in your undertaking in which Jehovah your God has blessed you. Amen. You and your household shall rejoice. Saints, this shows as a type that it should be normal for households to enjoy the Lord together. Sadly, though, I will tell you that I know of some situations where even the husband and wife don't enjoy the Lord together. That where... where it takes effort for the husband and wife to pray together, to read a little something together. Oh, saints, I, I hope, I hope we would be vigilant, be vigilant to, to preserve that oneness, that harmony in our homes so that as our children are growing up, they can enter into 
such a pleasant environment, an atmosphere of love, where it's a normal thing for a family to pray together. Now, we've, made, we, we've mentioned this several times throughout the weekend. Uh, saints, <clears throat> when your children are very young, please don't do anything prematurely. It doesn't mean that, that you're, you're going to pull out a, a ministry book or a life study and read with your elementary school children. That's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about having an atmosphere where we can sing together. We can sing their songs. Please don't sing Rock of Ages. <laughs> you know, Brother Lee, in, this public, in, in one message in this publication, raising, what is it? Raising up the next generation for the church life. He mentions that he was walking by the children's meeting and he heard, this was in Taiwan, he heard the children's meeting saints leading the children in the opening time. Rock of ages, clef. He said, don't do that. <laughs> don't sink rock of ages. Actually, this morning, the Lord led me to this hymn. Rock of ages, clef for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Oh, I said, Lord, I want to hide in you. Thank you, you're the cleft rock. I'm in the cleft of the rock. This was my part of my enjoyment this morning, actually. But I don't need to bring that to my children or my grandchildren. To them, I sing, we will not, we will not, we will not, 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 we will not serve your gods. I think that's all we have time for. <laughs> we sing their songs. Oh, there's, there's so, many, so many hymns, songs that we could sing with them about the birds and the trees. And, and oh, actually, somebody talked about Job. Was that you that talked about Job? Yeah, we have a song to that too, right? Where were you? How does, it, how does that start? Where Where were you? Where were you? Where were Oh, I love that one. <laughs> I sing that one with my grandchildren, too. Where, where were you? I sing it wrong, but anyway, <laughs> we sing. That's what I mean by family worship. You just have a good time before the Lord. And, and they, they realize it's not, it's not something foreign for me to sit with my dad and sing a song to the Lord. I know, I understand that in many households that might be the case. That if you go home today and say, son, let's sing. Where were you? And there it's, dad, what's wrong with you? We don't do this. Uh, easy, dad, easy. They may say, please don't invite that brother anymore. He's got, he's got you guys doing strange stuff. Yeah. You, you can't just... But for the families that have the young children, you can... You, it's so easy. Every t today, after the meeting, you can sing, what songs did you sing today? And on the way home, driving, you can sing together. A sister asked me Pat, this question uh, last night. Say, so my son, uh, uh, how to restore communication. My son is 12. We used to pray together, but there's been some interruption of that because of some reasons. 
Oh, saints, especially if your boy is just 12, 13, don't, 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 don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. Uh, but don't rush. Don't push. Just pray. Amen. Just trust. Just trust. And the Lord will give you a way. The Lord will give you a way when his heart is soft at the right time. Uh, just pray. Just trust, just trust the Lord. That the Lord will give you an entrance. Give you an entrance back in, in, into, into his heart. Uh, but you have to be um, you have to be alert. I gave some illustration yesterday, a testimony of a father who almost missed the chance for his son's salvation. And one of our brothers gave this testimony of young people, uh, uh, I mean, basically saying, save me! He, and then he didn't realize. what. And the, and the, and the young one, the junior higher, right? Junior higher says, um, I want to get saved. I mean, he didn't say it like that at first. I want to get saved. And the brother still, oh, yeah, amen. <laughs> and then I want, uh, the third time, it took him three times, right? That was a precious testimony. You have to be alert. You have to be alert. Because, sister, sister, don't be surprised when the Lord answers your prayer. Sometimes we're surprised. We pray, oh, Lord, open their heart. Lord, work in their life. And then, and then, uh, they, they come open and say, I want to be saved. And, and you're like, miss it. You know, this is like, this is like um, Acts 12. You know Acts 12 when Peter is in prison? And, 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 and they, uh, the angel and wakes him up, and he comes out of the prison, and then he thinks he's in a dream, a trance. And then when he, the door, the, gate, the door, you know, like in the movies, and then he comes out, and, and, and then he realizes that this is real. Then he thinks, wait, what day is today? It's prayer meeting night. And so he says, there's a prayer meeting at Mary's house, who's the mother of Mark, John Mark. And so he goes there and knocks on the door, and then little Rhoda, you know Rhoda, she comes and says, who is it? She says, Peter. She goes, ah, oh, Peter. Well, sorry, the Bible doesn't say that she did that. Right. But you can imagine that, you know. She, goes, she runs, it's Peter, it's Peter. They say, oh, it can't be Peter. It must be his angel. Now, this was a prayer meeting, right? Yeah. yeah. What do you think they were praying in that meeting? No, don't, you think they were praying for, I, I don't know, you know, John or Philip? Don't you think in that meeting they were praying? Do you think they were praying for Peter in that meeting? I'm pretty sure they were praying for Peter in that meeting. And then, what, what do you think they were praying? Lord, release Peter. Probably. Lord, amen. Yes, Lord, release our brother. Oh, Lord, release our brother. Oh, who is it? Peter. Oh, it's Peter. No, it can't be Peter. <laughs> did you ever pray like this? Not, did you ever pray not expecting your prayer to be answered? You know, Brother Nee has a lesson expecting the Lord's blessing. We write our lessons not expecting the Lord's blessing. That's our prayer. Please, change, have a new start. Just expect the Lord to answer your prayer. Yes, and sometimes there's a, Brother Nee has a lesson. We need to persevere in prayer. Sometimes you have like Daniel, what happens in Daniel, there's a 21-day delay because of a warfare. But not always. 
Not always. I was with some dear saints yesterday. They were telling me they were, they were praying for not only their children, but some other friends and so on. And they prayed, oh, Lord. And then, oh, the, the, the Lord started answering. And they're like surprised. And they're, oh, wait, I prayed for this. I just didn't know that the Lord would answer that way. Sometimes the Lord answers, and you're not expecting the timing nor the way the Lord answers. But you have to perceive the Lord's with you. And the Lord's for your family. And the Lord's for your children. So he will answer your prayers. So the household is a unit of rejoicing. And the household, according to Acts chapter 2, is the unit of the church life. We should have church life, house to house, house to house. On the day of Pentecost, in the morning, the Spirit is poured out. In the evening, where are they? House to house. It's a normal thing for us to be in family units, enjoying the Lord in our homes. But in some cases, we need recovery. Because maybe we had this, but we lost it. Why? Why is it so easy to lose this? Why? Because there are two battles going on. And the battles are seen in picture throughout the entire Bible. And we mentioned the other night that the Bible shows us, actually, the, that everything that happened to Israel is a type of the New Testament church. And in the Old Testament, what you see, really, the history of Israel, you could say, is a battle for the land. That is the land, the good land of Canaan. Everything revolves around that little strip of land, which, according to Paul, according to the New Testament, is a type of Christ. Because he says in Colossians 1 that we're allotted a portion, each one of us, is allotted a portion of the saints in the light. And that word allotted, Paul's use of that shows that in his, in his thought before him, as he was writing, before him was this picture of the land, especially Joshua, where each of the tribes received their allotment. Each family received their allotment. Each household received their allotment. But then Paul writes this. Then he says, Walk in Christ, in chapter 2. Walk in him, having been rooted. So again, you see, land. We're, you're in the land. Now that's why we're mentioning this point, the land. But then right away in chapter 2, verse 8, he says, Beware. Beware that no one carries you off as spoil. And there you see that, that little phrase, carries you off as spoil, actually points to quite a number of books in the Old Testament where the children of Israel turned away from Jehovah, turned to idols, set up high places. Eventually, they gave the ground to the enemies to come. And they were carried off to Assyria, to Egypt, and a great part to Babylon. So God needed a recovery and eventually, at the end of the Old Testament, there is the recovery back to the land and the temple, and the Lord comes. The Lord, I mean, sorry, the glory fills the house. The Old Testament ends. 
and then the Lord Jesus comes in the New Testament. And that's a picture for us. Saints, we are, we are, even today, I would say, even from the moment we all woke up this morning, we have been in this battle for the land. The land is a type of Christ. Christ as our enjoyment. Christ as everything. You know, we, we just had this conference at Thanksgiving time about the experience and enjoyment of the all-inclusive, extensive Christ. He is our portion. He's your portion. He's my portion. But I, I confess, I'm being pulled out. I'm being carried off. And if I'm not careful, my life is a life of being carried off. Even from the time of our, of our just trying to spend time, quiet time with the Lord in the morning. And I think, I think I'm going to I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump to kind of blend these things now because I want to say something to the sisters about this matter of rooting and breathing. So, sorry, this is not a uh, uh, proper message with, you know, <laughs> its points. I'm trying to just release a burden. Amen. This battle for the land is in our experience every day when we're spending time or trying to spend time with the Lord, which is, we realize, a great lack. Actually, I know, I know from my contact with the saints one-on-one, -on -one, not just here, but in, many, in my place, in many places, in getting to travel, I've encountered this situation quite a bit recently, that quite a number of our young sisters, especially who are moms, younger moms, whether they are stay-at-home moms or they're working but raising children at the same time. A certain level of frustration and discontentedness. Firstly, with themselves. Firstly, with themselves. And actually, that's self-condemnation. For what? I'm just not a good mom. And then what? I'm not a good Christian. I don't read enough. I don't pray enough. I don't call enough. I don't, I'm not transformed enough. I'm not anything enough. I don't know if you've ever fallen into such a mindset. And so you start there. And then you try to have time with the Lord. I'm sure that if you're able to get to the Lord, the first part of your time with the Lord will be repenting or confessing. But actually, sisters, that confession and repenting is not out of light. That's not the light of the Lord. That's self-light. That's, that's, that's the repentance from knowledge. I would encourage you, if you can, temporarily put that aside and just say, Lord Jesus, I love you. Amen. And you might even say, Lord, I haven't, you know, 
This is my first time here this week. You know, I tried the other days, but I didn't make it. And I don't know when I'm going to be back. <laughs> no promises here this morning. So I would advise you, Lord Jesus, take advantage of these next five minutes and dispense yourself into me in an intensified way while you have the chance. <laughs> Do you think you can say that to the Lord? Lord, I'm here, and there ain't no promises. But I'm here now. Can we just take care of now? Oh, I refer you to a most wonderful note that has been nourishing the Lord's recovery since 1975 when we first saw it in our recovery version. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, I think is note 3, about the Christ now, the Christ today, and the Christ in the heavens who is our mo uh, daily salvation and moment by moment supply. Amen. Just claim that. Just say, Lord, are you the now Christ? Well, I only have now. I only have now. I only see now. So, Lord, be the now Christ to me right here and right now. You know what? The baby might start crying right at that time. Good enough. You got something. You got like a bullion cube. Don't worry. It'll just kind of, you know, make its way into the rest of your being for the next few hours until you have another five-minute break. And then, and then you might have a feeling, oh, I'm going to watch TV. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to read a magazine. I'm going to do this. But you have a little feeling, come to me. Just come to me. Two minutes. Just come. You say, okay, Lord, I'll give you two minutes because, you know, you were faithful for the five this morning. <laughs> so I'll give you two. I'll give you two. And so here I am again. And you might just say, oh, Lord, why am I not happy? Why am I not happy? Lord, you're so good, and I know you're good. But Lord, and just say something. This is what I'm talking about, breathing. Sometimes we need to breathe out before we can breathe in. And I know a number of saints who maybe have not had a good breathing out session in some, quite some time. You know, in breath, in, in just physical breathing, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, I'm not medically trained, but in physical breathing, you know, breathing is, has these two parts. I mean, you know this, sorry, you already know this. You don't need, I'm not teaching anybody anything. But it's breathing in and breathing out. For for us to be healthy as believers, in a sense, I think breathing out is first. Breathing out. So that when you breathe in, when you call, there's room. There's effectiveness. I find, in my experience, sometimes I'm just clogged. I'm just full of everything. And, and you, you might, you know, oh, with some it might be anxiety, and it might be condemnation. And yes, you have that. You need to breathe it out. But with me, it's not that. You know what it is with me? You. 
my, oh, I go, I'm going to Irving this week. Oh, what should I share? Oh, I'm meeting with these saints. Oh, wait, uh, then I go to Moscow. Oh, oh, no, I forgot. There's another conference in New York in between. I have like, you know, my three conferences, three, four special fellowships, and seven appointments this week. <laughs> and, and, I'm, and I'm juggling these. And that is preventing me from breathing. The things, all the things. So I've learned I need to stop and breathe out. Lord, I'm not the source anyway. Lord, I don't know what to share. Lord, I give this dear saints to you. I, I just put this before you. Lord, I put that before you. I, I, I don't even, I can't even think of that. It's too much, Lord. It's too much. And then, Lord, I'm kind of tired too, physically. Lord, I'm just, that you have to breathe out. Lord, I'm just, I think, you know what? The result of this, the Lord might say, it's time to take a nap. <laughs> Not pray read. It's time to take a nap. But there are concerns. There are concerns for family members. There are concerns for dear saints. But if you hold those and try to bear those on, on, by yourself, it will, it will block your breathing block your supply, and then you cannot re a real supply to them. You know, when I fly quite a bit, and many of you do, you, you know the, you don't listen to the announcements hardly anymore, but you know those announcements that they give? You know. Always they tell you, if cabin pressure goes down, mask will come down. If you're with someone, a child, what do they tell you? Put your mask on first, and then attend to those around you. You need to make sure your breathing is well first before you can help anyone. Before you can be a happy mom, even to go feed your toddler. Before you can be a happy wife to be a supply to your husband. Before you can be a, a good sister to open your home for the group meeting. You need to be happy yourself. You need to be content. Amen. You know, when I say happy, uh, we really want the sisters to be happy. But I don't mean like, you know, that light. But you know when you're content, when you're satisfied. That's what I mean. When in the core of your being, you realize, I am where the Lord wants me to be. And I'm okay with it because the Lord is with me here. And, every, and life is okay. And I'm still not enough. But it's actually okay. I'm not good enough. I'm not transformed enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. But you know, if God's okay with it, I'm okay with it. Oh, sisters, we hope that you can reach that point. That's what Paul is talking about in Philippians 4. In Philippians 4, he talks about whether I'm abased or I abound. I've learned the secret. I've learned the secret to be what? Content. Just content with Christ. You know, when Paul, <clears throat> when that letter 
came from Paul to the Philippians. Remember, remember who, to whom this letter was written? The Philippian believers. This brother, probably, I, I would expect, was the one that received that letter, or Lydia. Do you know what I'm talking about? This jailer brother. He may have been the leading one in the church there. I don't, I don't know. But when that letter came, and Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Can you imagine when that letter came, and Paul and this brother is reading this to the church? Maybe he would pause and say, Saints, this is not theory. Brother Paul and Silas, I, that's how I got saved. They were rejoicing in the Lord always. They were in a dungeon, they were in stocks. And they had the grace to sing. Amen. Maybe you could have the grace to sing in your situation. So this is not theory. This was Paul's experience, and he's just sharing with them. And they could testify. So grace, rejoicing, can make you content. Say, I'm good. I don't recall if I gave you this testimony last year when I was, when I was visiting here. <clears throat> you know, when I was in high school, I lived in, an, <clears throat> in my junior year. We moved. My, my father, who was still not saved, but he was tired of driving us to the church meeting from, from, from Brooklyn. So he said, ah, I'm going to, let's move over there. So we moved right smack in the middle of all the saints. And, uh, and there were saints in my apartment building. And so we were in the first floor, and there were saints on the second floor. And actually, those were my, I was in high school. They were my high school serving ones, a couple. They had a baby. Uh, they had a son. And then they had a baby. And I, I don't remember if I told this, this story. Did I mention this? About the rocking chair? About the rocking chair? Yeah. Sorry, sorry. And, and so anyway, anyway, they had a baby, and my mom bless her heart, she gifted them a rocking chair. <laughs> and, and, and the baby's room was right above my room. And little Danny, little Danny, this is uh, um, Danny Louise, he, he was, oh, he was a crier, colicky. <laughs> and middle of the night, middle of the night, oh, our dear sister, Who, who's my serving one? Because oh, he wouldn't go to sleep. And she had tried everything, everything. And then at 2 o'clock in the morning, 2.30, I could hear her, Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. And I, oh, I'm, and I start praying for her, you know. <laughs> Jesus. And, and so sometimes she, then she would sit in the rocker. And then, you know, we had wooden floors. And it was a, And then she would start to sing to Danny. And, 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 and actually, she would sing me to sleep. <laughs> I don't know if Danny ever fell asleep or not. But this happened for a period of time. 
quite a number of times during each week. Our sister, I told you, she was my serving one. She was not a preacher. She was not a sister that spoke a lot. She's never been. But whenever she would speak, oh, I would listen. Because I respected her very much. Because what she was in the meeting was what she was at 2 a.m. Do you understand what I mean? She, when she talks about depending on the Lord, applying the Lord, yeah, I knew behind the scenes this woman was seeking always before the Lord. Always before the Lord. So I was convinced this Christian life is real. By a mom who cried, but had reality. So sisters, you, you don't know, you don't know the, this, last night I, I told you about the sphere of your contact is different when you're in different stages of life. And that's under the Lord's sovereignty. Pray for your sphere of contact. You may not know whom you are, you are affecting. But if you ha- are content, if you are able to breathe out so that you can breathe in, that's how the rooting takes place. You know, the, when, we're, when the rooting is going on, you know the story in Matthew 13. The Lord gives the parable of the sower. And the second and third categories we have to pay a lot of attention to. The second category is the rocks, the stones. There might be stones there. There might be hidden things there. You don't even know what's affecting the roots from preventing the roots from going down. I would say, just go to the Lord and breathe. Just tell him what's on your heart. I tell you, eventually a flow will come. A flow of, actually, you know what? First, it'll be a flow of junk. A flow of negative things. You can do this. You can do this with just a, just take a hymn. Just take a song. You know, this morning, oh, I, I really enjoyed this hymn that we sang, 206. Oh, Christ, he is the fountain the deep sweet well of life its living streams i've tasted which save from grief and strife when i came to this word grief and strife i had to stop you know if i was by myself with the lord i think i'd still be on this hymn Sometimes we sing, just be quiet inside so that you could hear this still small voice. It's not complicated, and it's not for only mature brothers and sisters. You could experience this if you're paying attention when a song like this, and I don't mean that this is going to touch you in this way, so don't reproduce what I'm saying here. 
But if you're with the Lord, whether in the morning or any time, or at 2.30 in the morning, and you're, you just, just a hymn, any hymn. This hymn came to me this morning. Which save from grief and strife. Oh, grief. Grief. Lord, you know this. I can't say here. You know this. And you would say something different in your situation. It's, you're grieving over something. You, you, just, just talk to him. Just, do, do you see what I mean? Turn this singing, let it flow to prayer. Let it flow to confessing. Let it flow to breathing out. It might be that you don't, you don't even finish the first verse. That could take you 10, 15 minutes that the Lord's leading of prayer. It's time to go. Baby cries again. But good enough. You say, is that morning revival? I don't know what it is. Is it or is it not? Were you revived? Uh, yeah, kind of. Okay, it's morning revival. <laughs> it doesn't have to look, you know. Now, please do not misunderstand, and I think you would not misunderstand. I'm not saying, you know, throw out the book, the holy word. No, I use the book, holy word for, for morning revival. But sometimes the Lord is not in the book. The Lord just wants your attention. The Lord is calling you to somewhere. And strife. Some, some of us saints, we need to breathe out our strife. We've been striving in the church life for years because of everything that we learned, everything that we know. And as I forget when I mentioned maybe yesterday morning if we don't know how to apply what we have learned then what's not applied could become bondage becomes religion you know yesterday I talked about Matthew 7 he the Lord concludes the the sharing on the constitution of the kingdom and what, what the Christians call the Beatitudes, you know, the, the Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And, and at the end of chapter, uh, chapter 7, he sums everything up with this. He who hears these words of mine and does them shall be like a man who builds his house on a rock, or shall be like a prudent man, or in our song, sometimes we say, the wise man built his house. Be a wise man. What makes you prudent or wise? Doing the word. What does that mean? Now, that doesn't mean the Lord says a commandment and I go out and do it. No, that's not what that means. It means that through the Spirit, he, as our living shepherd, guides us into the reality of that truth that it becomes real to me. So that truth, you know, you, you, you remember things at certain times. You know, it says in John 14, 27, that when he, the spirit of reality, comes, he will remind you of all the things that I have spoken to you. Do you know one of the functions of the spirit is the reminding spirit? Why does he remind you? Just at that time, something you learned in the training 
back in 2009. Maybe you heard it in a semi-annual training in 1975. And at that point, it just comes back right. It was not just that you remembered. That was the Spirit reminding you. And at this moment, he's the Spirit of reality. He's the one mining the riches of Christ, as it says in 1 Corinthians. He's there searching the, the, the riches of the depths of Christ, and he's leading you into something deeper right at that moment. But he's leading you not the way you're expecting. It's not by that verse. It's that that verse reminded you of this song. This song reminded you of another verse. That verse opened the floodgates. If you follow the Lord in this living way, actually, every time with the Lord could be like a little adventure. But we often have a little box for our time, time with the Lord. Please do not misunderstand. I'm, I'm not trying to adjust anyone's practice. To do anything is better than nothing. There's no such thing as a bad morning revival bad morning watch. A good one is one that you have. You, un you understand? If you have it, that's a good morning revival. Yeah, but I didn't. Uh, stop. Don't worry about it. Just go to work. The Lord, Lord be with you. Just have faith. And to an ocean fullness. Saints, his mercy doth expand. Are you floating in his mercy? Are you enjoying the ocean of mercy? Or are you under the showers of condemnation? Trade them in. Just, just oh, okay. No, I don't want that. I want this. Just say it. Lord, I want this. Amen. Then verse 2. Oh, I, I am my beloved's and my beloved's mine. He brings, he brings this poor vile sinner. This poor sinner into his house of wine. What are we doing here? Is mercy all? None of us deserve anything. We look, oh, he's better, she's better, he deserves, she deserves. I'm the only bad one. You feel this way. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> if I ask you, how many of you ever felt you're the worst? I, I, I <laughs> I remember feeling that way. Oh, your, your dad saved me when I was 15 years old. I thought they were going to kick me out. I thought I'm the worst one in the church life. I'm the worst one. I called his dad. Made an appointment. My first ever appointment with a brother. I'd do it. He, you know, he sat me down. It was in the Queen's meeting hall in there, the old meeting, little small meeting hall, and then he rebuked me. That was the first thing. That's how he shepherded me. The first thing. I was like, hey, man, cool it. I hardly know you. But you know how he rebuked, he rebuked me? He said, because, because I, I explained to him that the attack of the enemy came on Lord's Day evening when I got home from the Lord's table meeting. And now this was uh, on Monday, I called if I could make an appointment for Tuesday. And, and so Tuesday, after the prayer meeting, he sat with me. I, I was 15. 
I was 15. This is a grown man with a family, but he gave me time. And, and he says, why did you wait? You should have called me Lord's Day evening. Brother, we're here for one another. I'm here for you. I, it was a little heavy, like, whoa. <laughs> but but those, that, that word, a brother said, I could call him any time. Nobody ever talked like that to me before. That's the body. I experienced it. I know I didn't exp couldn't explain it, but I was the body. But I was feeling like the worst, the absolute worst. And there were times since then that I've... Says, I stand upon his merit. You're not standing on the merit of your resume in the Lord's recovery. Oh, I'm, I grew up in the church. I went to these many summer schools. Oh, I went to the training too. Oh, mm hmm. Y'all children's meeting? Good, good, good. Home meeting? Good. Do you cook? Good. Yeah. Okay, you can, you can stay. It's not like that. We stand upon his merit. And we have no other stand. And then this line, this was my favorite. This morning, I'm hidden in his presence and held by his own hand. Saints, this... One hymn could just deliver you from everything. You could use this hymn to breathe out years of self-condemnation. Another hymn, another hymn, uh, one of my favorite in the hymn book is hymn 255. You know this hymn. Oh, Lord, breathe thy spirit on me. Teach me how to breathe thee in. Help me pour into thy bosom all my life of self and sin. I am breathing out my sorrow, breathing out my sin. I am breathing, breathing, breathing all thy fault. If you read that hymn, nearly every verse, firstly, it's breathing out my sinful nature, breathing out my longing, breathing out this, breathing out that, then breathing in. Our brother Simpson right, wrote this, A.B. Simpson. He saw this secret. It's breathing out first. Then you can breathe in. You can breathe in. You can breathe out discontent. And breathe in content, contentedness. You can breathe out doubt. And breathe in faith. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 2 and 3, Paul says there, I betrothed you to one husband. I'm jealous over you 
jealous over you. That I betrothed you to one husband, but I fear that somehow the enemy, right? Like the serpent deceived Eve. So your thoughts might be corrupted from the simplicity and the purity toward Christ. Saints, some of us, our thoughts have been corrupted. Our thoughts. To think that the Christian life is complicated, <coughs> that the Christian life requires so much, actually, that means we've been taken away from the simplicity in Christ. The knowledge that we have, the, that the ministry that we have is meant to, to show us, to unveil to us the good land. It's not meant to be the barrier to show us why we shouldn't enjoy the good land. The ministry just opens the riches of Christ to us. So I hope we all could be recovered to the simplicity that is toward Christ. Amen. You know, we talked about two battles, and the second battle is about the seed. We haven't gotten to talk about that. The whole conference is supposed to be about that, but I think we're going to end here. There's a battle for the land, and there's a battle for the seed, for the second generation of God's people. And that you see throughout the whole Old Testament. There's a battle. But in this, in this battle, the ones who play the key role are the sisters. We see this, we, we see this actually in, in uh, the story of Exodus. In Exodus, the Pharaoh is threatened by the increase of God's people, and he makes a plot to put down God's people, the older generation, by tiring them out, the younger generation, by killing and mixing. Killing the boys, then the girls. Eventually, they would marry, intermarry with the Egyptians. Who saves the day? The two midwives. Shifra and Pua, they save Israel. Actually, they save Moses. You know, we consider Moses as the savior, but the savior needed saving. In the next chapter, because the midwives forced the Pharaoh to change his way. Did you realize that? The, the Pharaoh, he couldn't get them to kill the babies, so he had to change his edict to, okay, then just throw them out into the river. Sisters, this is a type, right? This is a type? Of, of, isn't this a type? Isn't this under 1 Corinthians 10 that, that it should be something for us, for the New Testament church? Sisters, do you, do you realize that this shows you that when, when you rise up, you can cause Satan to have to change his way? He has to change his plan because the sisters don't allow him to carry out his plan, his plot. 
So then, what's the way? Then, put them in the river. So, what do we see in, in Exodus 2? Two other sisters. This is Moses' mother and Moses' big sister. And they work together. And then there's another woman who's used. And she's not even an Israelite. That's uh, Pharaoh's daughter. Even Pharaoh's daughter's used. Oh, this is a strong point, that for the salvation of the second generation, sisters, top. You know, you would think, where's Moses' dad? <laughs> but actually, actually, in Hebrews, in Hebrews uh, I think, I don't know if it's 23 or 24, Hebrews 11, 23 or 4, it says, and Moses, by it says, by faith, Moses was hidden by his parents for three months. Parents, brothers, <laughs> we're, we're included. So, so in Exodus 2, dad was supporting. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he was saying, it's going to be okay, dear. It's going to be okay, you know. And then when the baby came back, he said, see, dear, see what I told you. But in a quiet way, not condemning. Yeah, not condemning. Not I told you so. Right, right? So, anyway, you see, four sisters and one brother. 80% sisters. And sisters, even though, according to the scripture, the husband is the head of the household. I mean, that's what you see in, in, the, in the scripture. But practically speaking, the sisters run the show in the households. That's not just me saying, I, I, we don't have time, but I can pull the messages. If it makes you better, if it makes you feel better, Brother Lee said the same thing. <laughs> but practically, really, if mommy's happy, the household can be happy. If mommy is supplied, the household can go on. If mommy is secure, content, the brother can serve with boldness. So sisters, your role, your role. So in a sense, we don't really have to talk about the battle for the second generation. We just have to make sure the sisters are supplied. And the sisters will find a way to save the second generation. Amen? Amen. Amen. One last thing I'd like to uh, mention. Um, could one of you brothers like, write, write the, the uh, website on, on the board for me? Maybe up there. Thank you. Will I, will I share? Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yesterday, we, uh, we mentioned that uh, there are some helps for having uh, an atmosphere in our families, in our homes, uh, to have good times with the children, to rejoice together, to have the reality of Deuteronomy 12.7, of a household rejoicing together but at the, at the level of the children, at the level of the children. So there is this website, thebibletellsmeso.com. Okay, very simple, but make sure, make sure that you have the article there, thebibletellsmeso.com. And uh, th this, is, this is actually a separate uh, company that some brothers um, formed, 
in full fellowship with the, with the coworkers, and uh, we have a lot of lot of contact and fellowship with with these brothers, um, who have been responding to a cry, actually a decades old cry, for high level quality material to use at home for our children. Um, you know, with the children, it, they love to read, they love stories, and okay, there's a lot of things that, they, that you could read, and we're not saying anything about that, but if you had material that was wholesome, that could put seeds of the gospel into them, and, and things of the Lord at their level, uh, so many families are, have been asking. So now we have some. Now we have some. I believe we have a display of this somewhere in the back so that you could by see the by the service office after the meeting. You could see. But here, here, here are some of the things we mentioned yesterday. In the beginning, God created the heavens. And there's a series. You know, it goes by level. It goes by level. I think there, there's several, several levels there. Please, uh, after the meeting, sometime today, go to and just see what's available. And see if there's something that you would like to look at, try out. Of course, you could sample them there for your, your children. Um, and also, this is a series. So God created the heavens, dot, 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 the planets. And then there's other, you know, other, other books with other, other categories. There's another category, God is. God is. On the back it says, God is many wonderful things. So there's one book on uh, God is. Is this just generally? The general one. This is God is, let me tell you, six. God, oh, look at this. God is big. So you just had a family meeting. Should we, my, my granddaughter would say, Papa, do that one again. Okay, okay, okay. Ready? Ready? God is Yay! Okay. Very, very big. Wow. You like that one? You like that one? Should we do that one again? No, no. Look, look. God is bigger than all the animals. Oh, if we do each one like that, we'll, we'll take all the time. Sorry. Okay. Look at this one. I got, I got this one from my granddaughter. You are a girl. I got this one from my grandson. You are a boy. Why it's special to be a boy. God made you a boy. It's really good to be a boy. But it's really good to be a girl. It's really just good to be what God made you. And then there's this one. Upside down. Oh, you'll see things. Look. What's wrong with this picture? Oh, this is a very interesting one. You could have a long gathering with your, with your children. Look, look. There are cows in the trees. Are cows in trees? No. How should it be? How should it be? Oh, the cows should be on the ground. Oh, look at this. Pigs in the sky and birds on the ground. Something's wrong. Oh, 
go like, oh, look, that's the way it should be. Depending on how old your children are, you could ask them, are there things that are upside down at school? You know, there's a verse here. There's a verse in Isaiah. It's in Isaiah, right? Oh, look. Um, fish in boats. Isn't the verse quoted here? At the very beginning, sorry. Here it is, yes, okay. No, this is the note. This, meant, this book is meant to be a very, interactive, very interactive. We hope it will spark many loving, healthy, helpful conversations with your child about some confusing things in the world around them that might also be upside down. Isaiah, you turn things upside down. Isaiah 29, six, uh, 16. You could have a conversation with your children. They might be confused about some things. It'd be best if they had that conversation first with you. If you explain to them rather than someone else. So anyway, saints, we have this. We, we realize not perfect, not all inclusive. Uh, this is not a living stream ministry project. This is from some burden of some brothers in full fellowship with uh, the co-workers. And, and saints, this is, this is not like to substitute children's meeting material. This is for our homes. This is to use in homes with our, with our children so that we could have times with them. So anyway, we hope you would avail yourself of what's, you know, if you feel it's good, you know, to, to uh, avail yourself of what's um, provided. And there's a lot of things in the pipeline that we want to produce in the, in the years to come to, to be able to foster the family time and the family worship and that kind of atmosphere in our homes. Amen. Amen. Oh, Lord, bless all the families. Lord, we give all our children to you. Amen. We give all our next generation to you. Amen. Lord, we do pray that you would come to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children Amen. and the hearts of the children to the fathers. Amen. Lord, strengthen the, our family life. Amen. Have mercy on all of us. Amen. Guide us in the weeks and months to come. Amen. Build up the families so that the churches can be strong. Amen. Build up the families so that together the two generations can turn this age. Lord, we give ourselves to you afresh. Lord, we know that we are short, but we just, we just come to you. Come in and speak and guide us and guide every family according to your perfect will. Be the great shepherd of the sheep to shepherd each and every mom, each and every dad. Oh, to shepherd each family. And Lord, in many cases, you know that we need re restoration and recovery. We pray for all the ones among us who are no longer having a heart, who are no longer with us. You have not forgotten any one of them. You know them all by name. We don't forget them either. Lord, come and be the shepherd within us to reach out to every one of them. We claim them all, Lord. We claim salvation for all of our households. Amen. Brothers.